Hello and welcome to Connected by Life. I'm your host, Sean Paul Harrison. Connected by Life was created to have engaging conversations about important topics that impact physicians and our clinical stakeholders in regards to organ and tissue donation and transplantation. My guest is Jude Fontenot, who's been a critical care nurse for over 12 years. He was a director of critical care for almost nine years and is currently the chief operating officer at Oshner and Lafayette General. I'll be talking to Jude about his experience as a nurse and director of critical care as it pertains to the impact of donation to families. Good morning, Jude, and welcome to the Connected by Life podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm excited for our conversation today. I wanted to start it off, um, you know, by telling a, a short story. And I don't even know if, I mean, I'm sure that you can recall. I don't know if you remember that I was a part of it. But, you know, when I first started in this organ procurement organization world, one of the first memories that resonated with me was at Lafayette General, and you were a part of it. And I remember I was in the infancy of my career, and I had gone to the hospital in the ICU, and I know that you've been a critical care nurse, you know, for over 10 years. And at this time, you were the critical care director. And I had started in October, and it was during November. And so we were kind of celebrating the season of Thanksgiving. And we had brought a donor mom whose son had died and saved the lives of five others. And she was meeting the heart recipient there in the ICU. And we wanted to celebrate that moment, the life um, with the staff. And I don't remember, I mean, I remember um, when that mom, y'all had given the stethoscope to that donor mom and she placed it on the recipient to hear that heart and, and just how much that meant, not only to me, but to see it through the eyes of the family and the recipient and the staff. Um, do you recall that moment or moments like that in your career? Absolutely. In fact, I do remember that moment in particular. You know, from a, uh, from a staff standpoint, we know the work that we do uh, as it relates to the donor side from the hospital. We don't always get the opportunity to see the rewards on the recipient side. And to have those families that that really gave such a generous gift see what that gift is doing in real life. So uh, we love those moments. Those moments tie us back to our mission, vision, values, the purpose of why we're here. And we hold on to those moments because unfortunately sometimes those moments don't present themselves. So the ones that do, we certainly cherish. And I think one of the things it's so important, you know, for us is is to recognize and I'm saying that from an organ procurement organization standpoint and working with you all. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts is recognizing the loss, not only for that family, but also for you all and for the physicians that are involved, because we're trying to work together to have something good that came out of it. And I know that, you know, as far as for that young man that was a hero, that was years before, but to to bring that back to you all so that you can see something good that came of it. Cause like you said, you don't, you don't always see the recipients um, and to see those donor families that are coming back and the impact that you all made in their life. Correct. One thing, you know, I remember when I was uh, a bedside nurse, 
one thing that we would look forward to, and I'm sure it's a little different today, but LOPA would send us a letter and let us know, you know, what organs were, were able to be donated and the impact that it had, you know, so those letters were always well received. Uh, we always had them up on the board. Everybody reviewed them and we all remembered those patients. It's ironic to see the, you know, how things have um, transitioned over the years because they still bring the letters, you know, the the donation, the hospital services coordinators, they do an amazing job. I mean, they're very integrated into the staff there at the hospital. I mean, it really, you know, it, it's become like a family and we're going to get into the culture of things in a little bit. But, you know, there's so many different layers. So whether it's the the letters you know, whether it's bringing donor families and recipients back specifically. And, you know, we're almost in April Donor Awareness Month, so we're going to see more of that throughout the state. And also we have the ConnectMD where the physicians or staff get automated messages about the outcome within 48 hours, you know, after the case has been completed. So there's a number of layers to make sure that staff is reminded. So I appreciate you bringing that up because what part do you think that that plays? Because there's so much, there's a lot that goes on during those cases, right? There's a lot of responsibilities. There's increased workload, you know, to make sure that this family is being taken care of and that there's more lives being saved. So what do you think that those messages like plays a part, you know, whether it's that day or moving forward, you know, uh, in the days afterwards? Well, it lets us know that we have given families hope, uh, not only the donor family, but certainly the recipient family, uh, as well, you know, uh, over here, and and I don't remember when we started doing it, but the, the honor walk where uh, we let everyone know in the hospital that a donation is happening uh, and to honor those families and for them to understand that what they're doing is so important. From a staff side, it's connecting the dots, right? It's uh, education, education, education. It is what y'all do so well. You mentioned before, it's like a family. We don't see LOPA employees or Ostner Lafayette general employees. We see colleagues taking care of a patient and striving to get across the finish line with that donation. Again, man, there's so many directions that I want to go into this, but you were talking about like the, the honor walks and you also have flag raisins. There's also something pretty significant that I think that y'all are one of the only hospitals that have, and that's the button that you all push. Could you share a little bit about that? So the, we have a button on the wall in the intensive care unit. It's blue. Whenever there is a donation that is going to be occurring, the family pushes that button and a song is broadcast throughout the entire facility, letting everyone here know that someone is giving the gift of life. We have an honor walk for those family members. Like I mentioned, we have a flag raising. The flag raising lets the community know that we have a donation, a gift of life going on in our facility at that point in time. And that's beautiful. I mean, those layers, it's just, it is like you talked about. I mean, it is something that, that really signifies you know, a collaboration that it's a it's a family oriented uh, process in, in walking through those things together. And I also know that not only do families participate, but also a lot of staff and physicians as well. And so it makes sure that they it reminds them, you know, of the, the difference that they're making. Before we get to a little bit more about the culture, I wanted to, to kind of take a step back for a second, because I know that. And again, you're going to hate me for this, but, you know, it's it's not about the the time frame it's just the experience i mean you've you've been involved 
you know, with Oshner Lafayette General now for what, over 30 years. And so to summarize those 30 years, you know, <laughs> is very difficult. Like, I think that maybe we can have you know, maybe like 10 parts to this, but I don't think you want to stay on with me that long, even though I wouldn't enjoy it. But I think that one of the things that I wanted to mention or just, you know, to throw out at you is that if you could talk a little bit about, because now, and this is, you know, one of the kind of the perspective that I wanted to get, because now you were the chief operating officer. So when I met you, you know, you were a bet. actually, when I met you, you were the director of, of critical care and then transitioned into this, uh, into, into this role. But I wanted to talk to you a, a little bit about, or if you could share a little bit about your experience as the bedside nurse, the director, um, and then how that transition into the COO was impacted by your involvement in donation. So yeah, 30 years is uh, <laughs> is a long time. What I can say, the common thread through through those 30 years have been always putting our patients first as well as our families first. Uh, you know, as a bedside nurse, I saw firsthand the impact that donation had, not only to the donor families, but to the, the recipients as well. As I moved through my career, you know, through the years, I, I missed being at the bedside, but I also realized that I was in a unique position to help try to remove barriers that maybe delay a case because we don't have an OR time, or maybe it's assuring that we have the physician coverage that we need, just, you know, kind of at a larger scale to help kind of pull the thread through always knowing and always remembering my experiences at the bedside with families. Well, one of the things that I, I can actually speak to, and I think that I could speak for, for many people, Jude, and I know that you're a very humble person, and I mean that, is, is the fact that, you know, one of the things that I see in you or that we see in other people that truly make a difference is that you're never going to ask someone to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. And I think that, you know, one of the keys to, and I'm going to ask this of you as well, but as far as for, you know, the experience that we've had, you know, with, with your staff and with your organization, that it's not a, we have to do type of culture. It's what we get to do. And like when you were talking about, you know, your patients and supporting your families, you know, what can we do to change the trajectory moving forward? And so, you know, that's, that's, Definitely something that, uh, you know, that we've experienced and we've had families that have shared that with us because many of the things that are done throughout the state have actually been replicated by some of the things that you all do. So as far as for, you know, now basically looking at it from this executive level, like what are some things that you see that are important for not only to get to a point of positive culture, but to sustain that culture as far as for, you know, the positivity in the process of donation for families that have an opportunity? Well, I think from from a donation standpoint, I, I think we've done a great job as far we being your organization and, and ours of educating, of ensuring that it's top of mind. We have, you know, clinical triggers that we look at. We have all of those things. But again, to your point, it's not because we have to do it. It's because we get to do it. We want to do it. We want to help anyone, anyone that we can. Moving forward, I think it is the, the continued uh, collaboration that we have with 
all of our frontline staffs. It's the, the education that continues to happen. It is not only doctors and nurses, right? It's also our respiratory therapists, our lab personnel, everyone that's involved. It takes an entire team to do what we do. Uh, and I think the, the goal is just open, transparent communication and overly communicating the wins. And it's it's great wins. It's we have to focus on that. And we do with, you know, in April, uh, we oftentimes have a, a butterfly release. I don't know if we're doing that again this year or not, but it's great to see some of the uh, some of the families that come for that, both on the recipient side and the donor side. Tree of Life is another great example that gets our staff reignited into doing what they do. Man, Jude, I knew that when we were talking about challenges and obstacles, I knew that one of them was going to be that we were going to have a problem with time because there are so many things that we can talk about. So I'm looking forward to picking back up in the next episode so that we can continue this conversation. Uh, I thank you for being here and I'm looking forward to our continued conversation, man. I look forward to it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being someone that truly cares about organ and tissue donation. It really matters. You can register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor anytime at registerme.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Connected by Life on your favorite podcast app. And remember... You're a light worker. Keep shining. This is a production of LOPA. The content in this podcast is intended for informational purposes only and not intended to substitute for professional medical advice. To read our full disclaimer, please visit our website. The Connected by Life podcast is hosted by myself, Sean Paul Harrison. Our production assistant is Chandra Williams, and we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.